I feel like in the industry, I helped set a bar for actually doing inclusive advertising. Mm. You're listening to Gary Osifchin, CMO and GM at Reckitt. This is CMO Talk, the podcast. Marketing discussed at the highest level. CMO Talk is sponsored by our valued partner, Adobe. Welcome to CMO Talk. My name is Klaas Weima, professional marketer, founder of Agency Energize and podcaster since 2008. In this monthly show, we unravel the secrets of world's marketing giants. Today, we are honored to have Gary Ursifchin, Chief Marketing Officer and GM US Hygiene at Racket in the Show. Gary has built an impressive career in the food industry, working for great brands like Mondelez, Ferreira and Kraft Heinz. He was ranked as one of Adweek's marketing minds and is valued for his open and authentic management style. In this seaside chat, right from the beach at the Cannes Lions Festival, we'll talk about building a diverse and inclusive marketing team where creativity thrives. Gary, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. It's great to have you here. Good to be here. Um, are you happy to be here in Cannes? I am happy to be here. Uh, how can you not be? But it's a great, it's a terrific opportunity, really, for the industry to come together, coming off of two years of not being together and, and seeing people being in person, the power of, of collaboration, new insights, learning in person is amazing. We missed it. Also, some probably some mixed feelings to be here. I think uh, it's, it's always a matter of priorities, and 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 I'm fortunate in, in having a company at Record where you know I've I've been able to disconnect and very much focus on on brand building with a team that's here, and then own personal learning and and connection. Um, and so uh, it's you know I got to leave the work behind me. That's the biggest part. That's hard to do, um, but to try to look forward. So. Right. For some people, but, our listeners who might not know Reckitt, Reckitt yeah. is an umbrella company for yep. uh, brands in nutrition, hygiene, and health industry. Well-known brands such as Dettol, Durex, Nurofen, to name but a few. Is that right? That's correct. And, yeah. Uh, you're on a journey to positively impact. Uh, communities everywhere for a healthier planet and a fairer, fairer society. At least that's what it says on your website. Yep. We, we exist to heal, protect, and nurture the world. And so from, from those brands and those categories and others, I run brands like in the U.S., Lysol, Finnish Dish Detergent, um, Airwick, and Air Freshener. But um, we have very purpose-driven brands, um, and, and, and they're tied to sustainable commitments in the world, D&I commitments, um, and, and beyond just the product efficacy um, we're very much believers in, in our role in society uh, to do some good. Huh. Well, let's talk about uh, DI because you were all also part of the World Federation of Advertisers panel yesterday. Yep. Uh, could you share some main findings out of that panel for our yeah. listeners, please? I, I, mean, I thought the WFA did a terrific job in terms of uh, diversity charter and initiative in the panel. I mean, talking about the importance of uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion um, globally, right? From a societal standpoint, the impact the industry can have. And then the recent information that they published on just the last, still the progress that needs to, to be made um, within the overarching marketing, advertising, media industry. Sure. And the, 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 the turnover uh, is real and diverse people in general have a tougher time in the industry. Um, and the importance of us all uh, to be on a continued journey um, to actually do some things. And talking about doing things, yeah. we are right now at the, the Cannes Lions Festival, which is all about creativity and ads. Do you have any 
uh, examples about actual acts in the space of uh, DNI. So yeah. there's a lot of talk, but is there some proof of initiatives what you're really fond of? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I personally, I mean, I, I feel like uh, quite some time ago now, about eight years ago, I led Honeymade, which is a, a, a kids snacking brand in the US. I led uh, a diverse inclusion multicultural campaign, which was all about this is wholesome. Um, and so I, I feel like I did, I, I personally uh, have done it uh, and really featured the changing American family, featuring real families. Uh, um, and it was about being wholesome. And we were a wholesome snack for kids in the afternoon after school. Um, and we were, what makes and, it wholesome? And it's a wholesome graham cracker. It's, okay. a, it's, a, a, it's not a cookie. It's a, a, a sweet, whole, whole light grain, biscuit, like whole grain. So it was grounded in the product and mm-hmm. efficacy of the product and role in, in a snacking moment. Um, but we featured uh, wholesome American families and did the entire campaign for several years that was around uh, the diversity of America and, and, and real authentic representation of the diverse families in America from LGBT to biracial to uh, Hispanic immigrant families to disabled families, but told their stories. And we didn't use actors, we used real people. Um, But I I feel like in the industry, I helped set a bar for actually doing inclusive advertising. Mm. Fast forward to today at Reckitt, if I may, I mean, it's like, I mean, tying back to the purpose of protect, heal, and nurture the world. I mean, a brand like Lysol that I run in the U.S., it's a very large brand like Dettol. So people know Dettol. Um, We have Lysol from a disinfection, and we're on a mission to, um, you know, help keep your loved one's illness free. And our efficacy of our product from a disinfection standpoint does that. So you can stay in your product role, but when you're on that mission and you layer in a DNI commitment to tell real stories, I'm happy to chat more about that because we're doing that as well. So, so how long ago was that campaign with, with Honeymade? Uh, 2013, 14. So, mm. Oh, right. Yeah, so but like, we won awards. You were a pioneer. Effectiveness and yeah. awards at the FEs and everything. Yeah. But it, awards that I'm most proud of and here as well is business driving awards. Like our team in Turkey just won an award for Finnish uh, Auto Dish. Uh, they won a bronze lion last night um, that was focused on a campaign around saving water. And the oh. fact that when you skip the rinse and you... Um, use auto dish detergent as opposed to hand washing your dishes, you're actually saving water for the planet. And that was recognized here, which is terrific, but it's recognized as well because it's building the business. How does uh, diversity and inclusion relate to creativity? Uh, You know, I think (laughs) the more you have diverse voices and perspectives um, around the table and understand different people, you understand, I think, I'm not a creative, right? I'm a a marketer and a business owner. Uh, But as a CMO, uh, I value my creative partners who understand in culture the differences and and, and what will resonate Mm. and how, if you think within the Hispanic or or, or black community in, in, in the U.S., Music is is vitally important, and the cultural resonance of music and the opportunity to tap into those passion points, if you do it well, you are reaching everyone. You're not just reaching them, but they're driving the culture. Yeah. Um, and so that's really important to everyone, understand who everyone is. loves music, it's, but, but who, and who's yeah. driving it. So. Yeah. You mentioned honey, maybe. Is, there, is that where you think you really nailed it in a campaign? It is, uh, yeah. DNI, yeah? Absolutely. But I also, I had, uh, I mean, I think right now, if I may, I'll talk about Lysol a bit. I mean, the work we're doing on Lysol, um, and Lysol, the, the tagline is Lysol, what it takes to protect. Um, and so we're about protecting loved ones from 
gaining illness. Because when one person goes down in a house with cold and flu, if it's yeah. a kid, if it's a spouse or a partner, yeah. everybody starts going down, yeah. right? Domino so, effect. So yeah. a domino effect. So how do you, from the power and efficacy of the products that we have in the world, from a Lysol laundry sanitizer that actually sanitizes yeah. to Lysol disinfectant, like what it does, but from a diversity standpoint, um, we, we've made a commitment and it's in our brand footprint um, to, to over-index and, and do more with underprivileged um, communities. And so in the U.S., there's something called Title I schools. Um, and those schools are ones that historically have not gotten the resources that they need. So we have we've partnered with various Title I schools. We do a lot around back to school in terms of providing good health hygiene habits mm -hmm. and wow. information with the Centers for Disease Control. Mm -hmm. um, we donate product to ensure that they have product that will help keep the environment safe at the schools. Mm. So both it's education and COVID-related, was it? Um, a lot of it um, had been existing before, but then was amped up, obviously, with yeah. COVID. And then people coming back to school and the need for kids to better understand the role of hygiene. Mm. Can you share any results? Disinfection, you know, products, um, you know, has played an important role in society um, during COVID. And so coming out of that now, as we go from pre-pandemic to pandemic to endemic, um, you know, we've significantly gained households um, and, and, and usage. And so people are understanding, you know, and I can't speak for Dettol because I don't run it, but I know it's true in our company. Dettol doing, doing well, Lysol that I do know because I run it, doing very well as well. But um, most importantly, that we're our role in the world is, is just elevated and people understand it. I mean, Lysol was just named uh, the number two most trusted brand um, in 2021 in, in the United States wow. uh, across any brand. Any, any yeah. also like, upside in market share, sales or yeah, income? I mean, I, and I think people, people are absolutely uh, increasing in share and increase in penetration and frequency mm -hmm. of usage. And then... Also, uh, it's important from a from a business standpoint and role of our products in the world, as I was referencing, usage across different categories and segments, like Lysol laundry sanitizer, where we're growing that segment, a different right. occasion and a different benefit. Nice. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So, get, getting back to, to DNI, yeah. we talked about some of your successes. Is there a, is there an instance you can tell us where you think you got it wrong? That you had you had Absolutely. learned from? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm a, a big believer in testing and learning. And it's sometimes your well-laid plans in terms of, yeah. hey, we really got that insight right and we understand that audience. Yeah. Um, a long time ago, I did work, uh, there was a gum brand in the U.S. called Stride Gum, and we were targeting mm -hmm. uh, teens and young adults. And, and it was a time when, you know, reaching Hispanics was very important, um, and it still is. But we were... were we thought we landed the insight around Hispanics and you had a, a, a grandmother and a family and all this stuff. And Stride was a humor brand. It was right. the ridiculously long-lasting gum. But we thought we landed it. We did all this work and shot all the advertising. I, I, I tested in the normal ad testing kind of ways the old sort of general market copy meant for everyone <laughs> And then the Hispanic Specific, copy that yeah. we spent lots of time and effort getting the insight right, getting the creative hook. The, uh, the general market did better with, right. with the Hispanic audience. And they were seeing both because in the U.S., you know, you're, you're watching everything. So what, you know, you, what, did you did, what did you learn? What I learned yeah. um, was that we needed to go deeper. Ah. We, didn't, we didn't get a, 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 really grasp enough the of a cultural insight right, right. and really understand. I think we used... 
um, at that time, and this was more than a decade ago, I think we used some of the tropes of a Hispanic family and a big family, and and they all are, and the grandmother's always involved, and the you know the kid has to listen to the grandmother. Right? And, did people find it patronizing they, or something? They or didn't. Or they, it was, what, it was, was it? relatable. Mm-hmm. It just didn't. It didn't. It didn't resonate. Like okay. they got it, but it was more, I think, holding mm-hmm. a mirror up a bit versus actually understanding and then a better understanding the role of our product mm. within um, them. And, and since it was a brand that was rooted in humor, this ridiculously aspect of the brand, um, I, we didn't find um, something that resonated within hook. the yeah, audience yeah, yeah, and yeah. had that be wow. the hook. Yeah, but that yeah. was very specific then from an insight standpoint to that audience. Okay. And how long ago was this? Just put things in perspective. That was like 2010. All right. Okay, so yeah. things have moved All on right. from there. And yeah. Uh, yeah. You have to learn and move yeah. on. Okay. So, so how, would you do, how would you do that differently now? <laughs> I, uh, much more ethnographic research um, and time spent truly understanding cultural differences and nuances yeah. um, and, and assessing and understanding what... Um, um, what uh, is true. Uh, I, my team is working right now on something uh, on a brand where we know the Hispanic family dynamic with that brand uh, much more. Um, and we understand that our messaging to the total general market has to be different right. because how they use our brand and product is very different oh, yeah? in their uh, lives. Don't want to miss an episode of CMO Talk? Subscribe on your favorite podcast app or on cmotalk.global. In CMO Talk, we always ask our guests yeah. a couple of dilemmas, and we prepared some some of them for you. Dilemmas. Dilemmas. That sounds like my day at the office. Here we go. <laughs> Where you going to make quick decisions? <laughs> you have to make quick decisions. We want to have fly. short ends. Are you what, ready? What happened in that meeting? <laughs> ready? So Set. Just like your daily work, you have to make quick okay. decisions. Yeah. Don't think too hard. So, diversity or inclusion? Both. Ooh. Ooh okay. <laughs> Personali- is it personalization or mass marketing? Personalization. Oh, oh, clearly decisive there. Creativity or AI? <laughs> mm. Creativity. Ah, pleased to hear. I'm it. at can. How can I not say <laughs> yeah, creativity? Exactly. <laughs> Purpose or performance? Uh, both. Yeah. Yeah. You had to pick one. When you say performance, uh, efficacy of your product is part and parcel. Where does it start? Purpose it or performance? It has to start at. Uh, Purpose. Purpose. Okay. And why the why you exist. Right. Couple more. The biggest or the best? <laughs> the best. <laughs> Sillet bang or harpic? What's the first one? Sillet bang. I don't know. Sillet bang. The Sillet cleaner. Bang. The yeah. all-purpose yeah. cleaner. It's part it's of your part of your It's not in the US. <laughs> oh, okay. We're a global company. Uh, Lysol then. Or uh, harpic. Yeah. <laughs> Lysol. Okay. <laughs> Thought you might say that. Which dilemma would you like to discuss in more detail? Uh, diversity and inclusion. All right, please. Yeah. I mean, I think the reason I said diversity and inclusion from a both standpoint, uh, super important to me, and it has been. As an out gay male in the industry, um, I've had to deal with when I come out, when I don't come out, all that. So I have my own lived experience. Really? Still? In still that. you have to deal with that? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I just joined the company in October. I had to okay. make sure yeah. that I was comfortable joining a company right. and that they were comfortable with me being out. I, I yeah. now am the executive sponsor of our LGBT sure. employee resource group, and I'm helping set the stage and, 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 and help others come Kind of with other problems they're having mm-hmm. and, and, and advance an agenda in that regard. Um, uh, but I think uh, 
the importance, as I referenced before, of the panel with WFA, it's just, it's ongoing. I was at another um, uh, luncheon yesterday with Sarah K. Ellis from GLAD, which is the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. I um, mean, and she just talked, like, in the U.S., there's, there's 300 statutes across the states right now to exclude LGBT people. I mean, you may have heard in Florida, the governor passed legislation eliminating the word gay to be spoken in, in schools, in public schools, and to not be able to say it. But so that that's societal, and that's about one segment of the population from an LGBTQ+. But when you think about the, the lived experiences of any ethnic group, uh, from uh, in, people of Indian descent, from black Americans, Africans um, in Europe, uh, I, the st- stigmas are real. Like I, I can hide mm-hmm. being gay when you're you're of a different race. You can't, and you mm-hmm. shouldn't. I shouldn't have to hide being gay. Mm. You can't if you're of a different race. And the yeah. industry needs to recognize that diversity and inclusion is something that doesn't go away and it's never solved. Um, and the emphasis, well, I said both. The emphasis on inclusion and truly hearing different perspectives is critical. Wait, wait, do, like, do you feel like you also have a societal role to change attitudes as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think our our brands, I mean, that's why we have, when I was referencing Lysol and our Here for Healthy Schools initiative and Title I schools and trying to educate kids of underprivileged, diverse backgrounds, it's critical. That That's on our brand footprint, it, our D&I commitment. I if, don't know many companies that are doing that. If you would rate, give a rating to the industry, the creative industry as a whole, uh, on a scale of one to ten, in terms of, I was going to do A, B, C, D, D, and uh, I was going to do a C, yeah, um, but which is I, a so six. which is the equivalent of, of <laughs> like five and a half, five and a half, just six. I think there's a lot of very good efforts underway, um, and and that's amazing. I think that we need to do a lot more and ensure early career talent um, is diverse. Mm. Um, and brought in and coached and educated. How, how do you go about building a diverse and inclusive yeah. team? Yeah. How do you do that? I think that that is hard. I think that um, uh, in prior lives, we did stuff with, um, even in, even in, in our research and development team in a prior company, um, we, we had, uh, uh, with STEM, went into diverse schools um, in high school to, to showcase the role of research and development to diverse kids who don't necessarily understand what that is. Yeah. You know, what, what is a career yeah, in research and right. development? Yeah. Likewise, a career in marketing. Like what, if you're in high school, like you don't know what a career in marketing is. So it's important to partner, I think, with so schools education. and communities, mm-hmm. education. I think then colleges, universities, but then also arts programs, like in the creative industry, like making sure you don't, it's not, you don't need a traditional path to become a creative, right? And, and so, you know, whether it's coming from a space of music, it's coming from, from art, um, uh, architecture, whatever it is, how are you tapping into those folks? I mean, we're doing a program this year with our intern program. Like, we went out to a lot of diverse schools. We didn't go to the traditional schools. And so I'm happy that the majority of my interns this summer are, are from a diverse background. Wow. You have to do that. Yeah. You, any, it's, it, takes, it takes action. Yeah. Like, are there any pitfalls in building a div, uh, diverse and inclusive team? I think that, uh, yes. I mean, I think some of, some of the turnover that the WFA pointed out in the industry, one out of seven are looking to leave the industry and overly impacted from a diverse um, standpoint of people. Um, uh, they're rejected. I think you can be rejected in the system because the system of marketing, advertising, media, everything has been built for decades. And, and face it, it's been a lot of white men. Yeah. Um, it was hard for women. It then became hard for, for folks of diverse backgrounds. And you want to build and keep them in 
then you have to, to mm. enable them when they're there and enable their voices to be heard and to be fully participatory mm. in everything. And you have to cultivate that or else it's like the system rejects and exactly. they leave. Exactly. How do you prevent DNI washing, just like greenwashing, but then DNI yeah, yeah, washing? Rainbow washing. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. Uh, no question. Juneteenth in the U.S., which is now a federal holiday. Um, you need to not do it first and foremost. Yeah. Like you, you can't just show up as a brand um, and 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 slap logos on and participate okay. in pride parades and Hispanic yeah. Heritage Month activities and festivals. Like. Why are you there? Have you been there before? Do you understand the community? Right. Um, and, and now are you part of the community and, and, and in a relevant way? And you have to. Like, I've said no. Like, I, I get asked all the time to participate uh -huh. with brands in various cultural festivals or whatever. And, like, if I don't, if I'm not already there, then why am I there? Like, okay. it, from there mentally, from a, I've done work, I've done the hard work of insight gathering, cultural understanding, then I don't have a right to be there. Does Makes it scare sense. some companies off, kind of getting involved in certain diverse events if they feel like they're only going to be accused of DNI washing or only, you know, doing it partially? Either you got to be all in or yeah. not in at all. I mean, it's that I, I think before that, it scares some companies to not be in at all because yeah. they think that they're going to offend mm. yeah. other people. That's my point. And they really. want to yeah, stay yeah. away. Yeah. And then even for the ones that go in, that makes it harder for them yeah. to say mm. yes. I mean, I won't go into the specifics, but years ago on a brand where I was doing uh, a different uh, marketing and LGBT happened to be in it and... I, I, there was a time when I was told, no, we can't, we shouldn't do that. But I did it anyway because it was right. And I'd done right. the hard work to be there. And I knew that my audience from a, a consumer base was there. Sure. Oh. Do you have any news or scoop you can share with us? News or scoop? We are a con. Uh, I don't have any news. No or big message you have to spread here. At any Canada. plans you I, can share? I mean, I'd, I'd say, look, if I bring it back to my company, from a record standpoint, uh, I, I am thrilled that uh, our CMO, Fabrice Ballou, uh, who is here and brought a really terrific group of us together to learn, um, to focus on purpose-driven marketing, to level set senior leaders and marketers from around the globe. Um, as we are committed to driving brands with purpose in the world and behavior change that impacts what people do and how they use our products for greater societal mm -hmm. impact. Um, and, and, and I think we're distinct and different in having done that in that we have, we, we brought together folks who can make decisions yeah. mm -hmm. and build the brands yeah. in a different way. And we've now, he's, he's helped us ra raise the bar and level set for us to then also go out and be influenced by all the great, you know, things around us. Yeah. So. so apart from the message that you're bringing yeah. to Can, is there anything that you've seen or heard here that's kind of inspired you that you thought like, oh, I haven't seen it like that before? <laughs> uh, you know, I'll tell you, having been, I think my fourth time I've been here, uh, and my, my friends in the data world uh, will, will, will not like it. But I, <laughs> I, I think creativity is back. Yay! Hi, like, <laughs> I remember being here when when it felt like it was all the techies, data all, and exactly. analytics yeah, yeah, took exactly. over the crosette. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 
data is our friend and we can learn a ton from it. But no, no audience no, insight no, and testing <laughs> and the ability that enables us to be oh. more creative. But it all starts with creative, oh. powerful, creative ideas. And I really, I, my feeling in day three is that that's back. Oh, fantastic. Nice. So Good to I hear. Think that's, that's important in the industry. I would like to thank you for your time, yeah, Gary Sifchin. Uh, Chief Marketing Officer at Reckitt, responsible for the, the US, US. Business, yep. business at the Hygiene Products. Yep. And uh, thank you, everybody uh, from CMO Talk listeners to, uh, to join. Thanks for listening. Please visit cmotalk.global for more interviews. The CMO Talk podcast is developed and directed by Energize. Audio, mixing and mastering by voice booking. CMO Talk is sponsored by our valued partner, Adobe.